This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes 1 through 4. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp, black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your more off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0 as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is your truly TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Hope everybody's having a good day. Hope everybody enjoyed their Memorial Day. Uh, hope everybody is, uh, you know, up and at them, ready, back to the work week. <laughs> and uh, I want to say thank you very much for tuning in. This is the podcast where we talk New Orleans Saints. And on this edition, we're going to be talking about head coach Sean Payton. And uh, does Sean Payton have something to prove? Uh, this actually comes from, you know, a pretty obvious topic. Um, Drew Brees retiring. Uh, you know, he's in a boot now on NBC. He's going to be uh, doing Football Night in America. And he's also going to be calling Notre Dame games as a color commentator. But now that leaves an empty void, you know, when it comes to the quarterback position, and of course, uh, when you're thinking about changes, especially at the quarterback position, you have to look to leadership. And that leadership comes uh, from Sean Payton. And uh, Sean Payton, uh, this is his first time without Drew Brees in his entire co head coaching career. So the question is, does he have something to prove? And uh, does he walk around with a chip on his shoulder now? Because, I mean, we heard this before, right? Uh, who who makes the team better? Is it the head coach or is it the quarterback? Uh, we've seen the same thing happen last season uh, with Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots and Tom Brady uh, now playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, their, their success was conjoined together until Tom Brady left. And, you know, a lot of analysts were ask, asking the questions of uh, who made the New England Patriots. And if you're a football fan right now, you have to say that Tom Brady uh, is winning that argument. I mean, the fact that he leaves 
uh, and goes to Tampa, a franchise that wasn't so good, and he brings them a Super Bowl championship regardless to how you want to look at it. He still was the quarterback. And now you have Bill Belichick uh, trying to uh, do everything he can to try to make his team formidable out there in the AFC East. And, you know, when I look at Sean Payton, I see a guy that's a fierce competitor. I, I look at a guy who is uh, really, really serious about the, the coaching, you know, the coaching job. And he's a guy that's really meticulous. He's a guy that, that pays attention to every little small detail. Uh, that's the, one of the things that we love about Sean Payton is also one of the things we don't like about Sean Payton. But nevertheless, I mean, we all can agree that Sean Payton is a really good head coach and he's a guy who can get the best out of everybody that he comes in contact with. I mean, we've seen uh, over the last few years, uh, Drew Brees has been down, uh, been injured, and no matter who the quarterback is, he's always ready and prepared. Sean Payton always comes up with with a scheme to make sure that it, it fits that quarterback in order for the team uh, to be competitive each and every week. Uh, and if you're asking me, I definitely believe that Sean Payton has a chip on his shoulder, and I think he's embracing it. Yeah, you know, of course, Sean Payton is not going to come out and say, yeah, you know what I'm saying, I got something to prove. Yeah, I'm about to show everybody that I can win without Drew. Of course, he's not going to say that. But the competitor that he is, you, you can tell, like, probably behind closed doors, probably the people that he's really close to, you, you better believe that he he's ready to embrace life after Drew Brees. And when you hear about guys like Jameis Winston, who has interception issues, trust and believe that Sean Payton wants to be the guy that changes uh, what people think about Jameis Winston. When you look at a guy like Taysom Hill, you know, people are saying, oh, he's more of a tight end, more of a running back than he is a quarterback. Trust and believe that Sean Payton wants to change that narrative. Also, what you think about Taysom Hill. So I do feel like he has a huge chip on his shoulder now. Does he have something to prove? Uh, to answer to me, the answer to me is no. I, I don't feel like Sean Payton has anything to prove. I think we all can agree that he is a really good head coach. I think we all can agree as Saints fans, he's definitely the best head coach the New Orleans Saints have ever had. You know, I mean, there, there's been a bunch of head coaches uh, throughout the entire uh, you know franchise history. Sean Payton is number one, Umro Nuno. I mean, that's that just what it is. You know, like he is the guy. He is he is the, the guy who, who generated the most success uh, as the Saints head coach. So I don't feel like he has nothing to prove in that regards. But, uh, you know, as long as you're the head coach, you got to go out there and you got to perform. But he's definitely going to be embracing this challenge. Uh, you can tell by the way that he's talking in interviews. And you definitely can tell, like, the way that he actually changed the way that he coaches. Uh, if you look at Sean Payton when he first got here in 2006, he's not even the same coach. You know, even some of those former players that used to play for him, they talk about how different he is, you know. And I think that's what Sean Payton understood. That's, that's one thing about Sean Payton that I can appreciate is the adaptation of Sean Payton. You know, he understands that this is a younger locker room. This is a social media driven type generation. And, um, you know, you got to be able to relate to some of these young guys. That's why he allows these guys to be themselves. That's the reason why after celebration, you know, they bringing out, uh, you know, the smoke and they bringing out the, the speakers and the stuff like that in order to relate to some of these younger talents. So Sean Payton definitely has done a really good job trying to understand the younger generation from, you know, turning turning the locker room into a concert to actually wearing Jays on the sideline. I mean, you, you got to be able to adapt. So does he have something to prove as a head coach of the Saints? 
No. Uh, but do I feel like he has a chip on his shoulder? Absolutely. Because he, he knows that a lot of people feel like his success is conjoined to Drew Brees. So he wants to generate success outside of number nine. But thank you all so much for tuning in. I would love to hear from you. Uh, I see that is a, uh, you know, chosen. Uh, it was your birthday on yesterday, man. Congr- uh, you know, happy birthday to you, man. And, uh, Hope you have many more, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being here as well. Uh, Let's go ahead and get started. Uh, We'll start with Brian. Brian says, the intro reminds me of some Lil Wayne and baby, like father, like son. (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, I I love the intro, man. I just love the beat. Um, I think it it gets us all prepared and hyped uh, to get the show started, man. So definitely love love the intro. Herman says, showing my who that family some love from Italy. What's going on, Herman? Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Uh, Gabriel says, let's go Saints. Uh, let's go TJ. Gabriel, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Jerry says, hope y'all had a blessed Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I had a really good Memorial Day weekend. You know, I, I barbecued on Sunday. Didn't really do too much of anything yesterday. I, I just spent most of the day cleaning up. Uh, Paxton was at home. His daycare uh, was closed yesterday, so he was here with me. And, uh, you know, we just basically just cleaned up the whole house while my wife was she had to work yesterday. So that's what I did. Uh, Raquel uh, says, uh, I can't wait to see what we look like without Drew. I think everybody is a little bit skeptical and afraid, you know, that, you know, life outside of Drew Brees. But the one thing that I often allude to here on the State of the Saints podcast is the fact that we actually seen life outside of Drew Brees for the last two seasons. I think that a lot of people would be extremely fearful if they didn't see Teddy Bridgewater play five games and win five, if they didn't see Taysom play four games and win three. I think that a lot of people would be more nervous than they actually are, uh, you know, going into this 2021 season. Look, there's going to be a drop-off in quarterback play, and I think that's something that we have to be prepared for. And, you know, people want, you know, People want, uh, you know, that that elite quarterback play, you know, as soon as the season starts. But, I mean, everybody, these guys aren't Drew Brees. They're not, you know. And people want to debate me and go back and forth about this, but it's reality, man. Like, we, you know, for you to pretend like there's not going to be a drop-off, it's like you saying that Drew Brees is, you know, doesn't, doesn't matter. And Drew Brees did matter. And Drew Brees does matter. So when I say that, uh, you know, there's going to be a drop off, that don't mean that, you know, these quarterbacks going to fall off a cliff. But there's some decision making that that's going to be involved that probably be different from what we've seen in years past. You know, Drew Brees is a quarterback, you know, he'll live to fight another day. Right. You might have another quarterback to try to force the issue. I mean, it's different. So. I am interested to see what life is going to be like outside of Drew Brees. But at the same time, you know, I'm 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 prepared to understand that there are going to be some growing pains no matter who the quarterback is. Chosen says, I feel Sean Payton proved he can win without uh, Brees when we went eight and one without him. I believe Sean will be OK. He's a great coach. Yeah. I mean, look, people don't want to give Sean Payton any type of credit. And, you know, those are for those uh, Drew Brees sympathizers out there those are for those drew Brees uh worshipers out there you know they 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 feel like the team is not going to be anything at all and i look 
congratulations, you know what I'm saying, to all those folks out there, you know what I'm saying, finally y'all can jump off the bandwagon and we can start focusing on some of those real Saints fans out here, the ones that, that's going to root for the Saints, win, lose, or draw. Not these uh, these uh, Drew Brees worshippers, you know, that only came on board and don't really understand about Saints football or, or have an appreciation for what you have seen for the last four years because news flash to all of those Drew Brees worshippers and sympathizers out there, uh, this team has been extremely good outside of Drew Brees. Okay, I, I'm I'm being serious, and you can make an argument for the last two years. It's almost like Drew Brees was like, it, okay, some of y'all probably can relate to this. Have you ever seen like a guy who was extremely popular in high school, and he ends up graduating from high school, but he still comes around, right? He still comes around. People, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? They, you know what I'm saying? They humor him and stuff like that. But to a point, it's like, why is he still coming around? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's like the new popular people are there. The new kings of the high school are there. You know what I'm saying? But this guy's still hanging around, still holding on to, you know what I'm saying, that, that, that popularity that he had when he was in high school. Now, this is no disrespect to Drew Brees. The only thing that I'm saying is, there was a new guard. Like, honestly, when you look at Demario Davis in a huddle, it was like Demario Davis was the one getting people fired up. And it's like followed by Drew Brees coming in a circle. But it's like, was it even really necessary at that particular time? You know, like these guys already hyped up because of Demario, but I'm going to allow you to come back in here. It's kind of like the same thing. And I feel like people don't have that appreciation, right, for what, what this team has become the leadership that has evolved in, in the form of Teron Armstead and Cam Jordan and Demario Davis. And now most recently, once again, Malcolm Jenkins, you know, it's no disrespect to Drew, but I just felt like he was the guy who everybody liked and stuff like that. And they appreciate him. But at the same time, it was the guy that was kind of still holding on to that popularity and not realizing that, Hey, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's some new, there's some new youngsters in town, man. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're running it right now. And, to me, it, it didn't it didn't look right. It didn't feel right. You know what I'm saying? It was almost like the Mario was, you know what I'm saying, emerging as the leader. And Drew is, you know what I'm saying, leader by default. So they let him come on up in here and do his thing. That's what it looked like to me. I mean, I could be wrong. Some people might think that that's sacrilegious, but that's the way that it looked. Go back and look at the huddle. All right. It's, it's almost it's almost like this. Right. If I'm, I get you fired up. Right. And I'm like, look here. Okay, for five years, we've been out here grinding. I'm just looking at the NFC Championship game, right? We're in the NFC Championship game. Y'all ready? Everybody been writing us off. Everybody been telling us we shouldn't be in this spot. Everybody's saying, hey, they ain't going to win this game. They saying, hey, they're going to find a reason to screw up. But I don't believe that. Do you believe that? I don't believe it because anybody that believes that we're about to screw up, I don't need to roll with you because I'm about to hit the field and give everybody everything that I have. And I need me some dogs. Where my dogs at? Everybody. He's like, man, we about to go out here and we about to dominate. We about to dominate from the start to the finish to the end of the whistle. We're going to dominate. Let's go. Then all of a sudden somebody say, 15 minutes. We've been here. Like, what, what, what the hell? 
I'm saying like, <laughs> like I already got y'all fired up. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready. They ready to run through a wall. I'm ready to run through a wall. Let's get it. Then all of a sudden, somebody like, yeah, and we're going to convert on third down, huh? What? What? Like, come on, man. What? What are we? What are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? Like that. That's the way that it felt to me. That's the way that it felt. So, yeah, man. It, it just didn't feel right. We about uh we about welcome back the big plays. Yeah. Need some, need some big plays. But I, I think that man, it's it's gonna I think there's gonna be a lot of explosive plays. And it's also gonna open up endless possibilities for Sean Payton, because you know Sean Payton is always trying to find plays to you know benefit them. I feel that he does. Everybody wants uh to link him and Drew together forever, but coaching has been uh supreme without Drew. I agree. Who that TJ, the host, was going on? Uh, I'm June 19. I assume y'all talking about birthdays here. Uh, Greg says, I'm not worried about I, I know what Sean can do. I'm not concerned either. I'm not concerned what Sean can do. I think that Sean is going to do an outstanding job. He has been doing an outstanding job. Sean Payton should have been in a conversation for coach of the year for the last two years. But the reason why is because of his own success. Sometimes you can be a, a victim of your own success and people don't appreciate how good you are because they feel like, ah, you know what I'm saying? They're just showing being showing. Oh, or it's just Andy being Andy or just Bill being Bill. You know what I'm saying? Like, or Mike just being Mike. I'm talking about Mike Tomlin. It's like when you become a prisoner of your own success, you know what I'm saying? When you be like a victim of your own success, rather, people don't appreciate how good you can actually be. I love the hype, but I think worst case scenario is seven and ten. But uh, but games will be very interesting. I don't feel like it'll be seven and ten. You know, I just feel like if I like no no disrespect, John, but I feel like anybody saying it's seven and ten is like saying like Drew Brees is the whole team. Like this is a really good football team here, man. Like it, this is a really good football team. I don't think people have an appreciation for how good this football team is. And like I said, I'm not naive to the fact of what Drew is and who he was. But Drew wasn't this whole team over the last couple of years, though, guys. I can make an argument to you that the reason why the Saints weren't blowing teams out was because of the limitations of Drew Brees' arm strength. I can make I can make an argument for that. I can really make an argument to say that the Saints couldn't really put their foot on the neck of their opponents is because of Drew Brees' limitation of getting the ball down the field. I, I can make that argument. You know what I'm saying? Like there were opportunities where the the defense might get turnovers, but the the fact that the Saints couldn't set, you know, because this, this is the thing. These are all my football people out there. You get a turnover, nine times out of ten, the 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 coach wants to strike fast. They want to hit you with a play action. They want to hit you with a down the field pass. You know what I'm saying? They they want to keep that momentum going. But the limitations of Drew Brees and arm strength, like, think about this. You get an interception, right? They return it, I don't know, five yards, put it a little bit past midfield. Then all of a sudden, nickel down, nickel down, nickel down. Everybody playing the sticks. You get a, you know what I'm saying, there's a chance you might get one first down or a three and out, right? You get a three and out, maybe, you know what I'm saying, you get yourself a couple yards, you kick a field goal. Like, just think about that. I can make, I can really seriously sit up here and make an argument to say that maybe the Saints were were in these games 
You know what I'm saying? These games were so nip and tuck because they really could not put the proverbial nail into the coffin of their opponents because of the limitations of the explosive play. I mean, honestly, I just feel like anybody that is sitting here or just thinking about this team just being an absolute train wreck and failure, it's like you saying Drew Brees is everything. This is not too like we we have to be careful, man, not to program ourselves to believe these things. Like I, I just feel like people aren't having an appreciation of how good this team actually is. This is a really good football team, folks. He's a really good football team. And anybody that's just still sitting up here talking about Drew, I, I just wonder, like, has this has this this been programmed into your mind? And maybe it's because, like, the Saints never really had that much success when it comes to quarterback play over the years. So anything that resembles success, we hold on to. And if that is removed, then all of a sudden, like, we just feel like we're hopeless. I don't feel like the team is hopeless. I, I don't know if I'm naive. Maybe I'm tripping. But I don't feel like it's hopeless. I just feel like there are opportunities out there that these, this team may have that over the last couple of years, Drew couldn't capitalize on as great as he has been. After four years of failing to make the Super Bowl, yes, Sean Payton has something to prove. He has to prove uh, he still has the leadership skills, has the ear of the entire locker room, and can get the team back to the Super Bowl. If this team with the talent that remains on this roster can't win Super Bowl soon, it may get challenging to keep this team focused and keep players' confidence in Sean's coaching ability. Uh, Jeffrey, that's, that's a very strong point right there. Uh, I do agree with you. Every year, uh, a coach, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to you know coaching, they, they have to prove that they can get their team uh, focused, motivated. But here's the thing. Sean Payton, it wasn't Sean Payton's fault that Marcus Williams couldn't make a tackle, right? It wasn't Sean Payton's fault that they didn't call pass interference on that play. Now, it, it, fair or not, I mean, that's just the reality of the thing, right? I mean, Marcus Williams missed the tackle. As much as I, I like Marcus Williams, he missed the tackle. Sean Payton had absolutely nothing to do with that. Last time I checked, Sean Payton, uh, you know what I'm saying, called a fade to the back and end zone Alvin Kamara for a go-ahead lead. That's what I seen, right? I also seen Sean Payton calling one hell of a, one hell of a game in the second half. You know what I'm saying? With Michael Thomas with two second half touchdowns on arguably one of the best cornerbacks at that time and Xavier Rhodes. So this is a guy that, you know what I'm saying, that, that, that was coaching a hell of a game, right? You know what I'm saying? Marcus Williams missed the tackle. This is a guy who, you know what I'm saying, called a running play, right? This is a guy that called a running play on that, on that play where Drew Brees audible to a quick slant to Michael Thomas and it hit the ground. He also called the well route to Tommy Lee Lewis that should have been a pass interference to seal the deal. Sean Payton has also called really good games when Drew Brees was out and Teddy Bridgewater, who, you know, Carolina gave up on now playing for the Denver Broncos, had that guy winning five games and got this guy $60 million. He also took a guy who a lot of people considered as a as a tight end and a running back and made him until a, a quarterback for four games. And he won three of those four games and could have possibly even won that fourth game as terrible as he played. So to me, he's a hell of a coach. And if we, if you know, and I understand this is an outcome driven league, right? It's about the outcome. The outcome is the Saints lost. So therefore, Sean Payton, who is the coach of the New Orleans Saints, you know what I'm saying, failed to get his team motivated. 
This team loves this guy. You know why I know this, Jeffrey? Because in 2017, when those guys suffered the most disappointing loss in playoff history, those guys bounced right back and arguably had the best team they ever assembled as a Saints franchise. Some people will say the 2019 because they won the Super Bowl because of the outcome. But to me, that was a damn good team. That was a Super Bowl caliber, Super Bowl winning team that they had back in 2018. Oh, you know what I'm saying? They suffered a, a disappointing outcome once again to, a, you know what I'm saying, in the playoffs, a nine call pass interference. And how did they come back? They won the same amount of games. So you know what that tells me? That tells me that those players respect the hell out of their coach. That means they'll run through a wall for him and they respect him to a point where they feel like he's going to put them in a best position to succeed. And you know, another thing, you know what, what, what separates him from a lot of these other coaches is respect. And I'm going to tell you why, you know, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of those guys on the Saints team did not roll or did not like the decision for Taysom Hill to start over Jameis last season. You had kind of a divided locker room right there. That could have easily went south. That could have easily been like, man, what is he doing, man? You got a first overall pick in Jameis, and you're going to go with Taysom? And you know why he did that? It's because he promised Taysom Hill. Think about this, man. Think about how many people fabricate or stress the truth or, or tell people something that ain't true. He promised Taysom Hill that if he was to resign with the New Orleans Saints and the opportunity presents itself, he will give him an opportunity to start. So Sean Payton willing to sacrifice almost the camaraderie of the team to keep a promise that he made to a guy that a lot of people may not consider as a good or decent quarterback. He gave this guy opportunity to go out there and play. So, you know, what comes with that guys might be upset, but at the end of the day, they respect the hell out of it. So, I don't know, man. Sean Payton, to me, I don't think, look, to me, the way that he, he coaches, the respect that he gives his players, the leeway that he gives these players, the, the fact that he sits up here when you have really dominant, you know what I'm saying, like personalities inside a locker room, he still earned their respect. So I, as long as you continuously have the respect in your locker room, I mean – you should be fine because they're going to be willing to run through a wall for you. I mean, that, that's just the way that it is. Pammy said, that's right. I'm black and gold till I'm dead and cold. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Tedra uh, giving the thumbs up. The weak link in the chain. Same here, Pammy. I respect Drew Brees, but you know franchise is poverty when you, your starting quarterback gets so much credit and stats are shown specifically about them. Sean Payton is the reason I still have hope. Yeah, I, man, me too, man. As long as Sean Payton is there, I think Sean Payton going to put this team in a position to succeed. Clay says, so if we hypothetically were to win the Super Bowl, then that means Sean Payton made the Saints great. Uh, You have to, look, you have to say that he made them great already. Look, bro, I don't know how long y'all been rolling with the Saints, but the Saints were not very good, Okay. The, the pride that you feel right now in your heart and in your soul about this team was not always here. Like, man, we, we need to we need to cut we need to cut the nonsense out. All right. Look, as much as we try to rag on other franchises and stuff like this, if you've been a Saints fan as long as I have, you've been a Saints fan in the 90s, the 80s, some of y'all in the 70s, even 
at the beginning and the inception of the team, when they were expansion team, you know that there were not a lot of happy moments as a Saints fan. Some of you who are probably in your 20s, 25, 26 years old, that means you're about 10, 9, or eight, even 8 years old around this time. So all you remember is prosperity. Only thing that y'all remember is Drew Brees. Only thing y'all remember is throwing for a whole bunch of yards. Okay? The Saints only have one Super Bowl in their franchise's history. The Saints have, what, three NFC championship uh, appearances? Uh, how many? Two? Two? Three? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I mean, see, 2006. Yeah, three NFC championship appearances. All three of them come from Sean Payton. Sean Payton is already a made man as a Saints coach. Okay? The, the reason why you feel like you have the audacity to mitigate it, golf, to be able to talk about Sean Payton is because he gave you that feeling. Think about that, folks. Sean Payton gave you that feeling. The feeling that you expect the Saints to win double-digit games each season, he gave you that hope. The fact that you can go out there with no matter who the quarterback is and us having these conversations right now, Sean Payton gave you that hope. This dude is already a made man. Okay, you can talk about Sean Payton all you want to. You can talk about the play calling. You can talk about the way he coached. You can talk about him being arrogant. You can tell, talk about him having an ego. But the feelings that you have right now are instilled inside of you because Sean Payton gave you those feelings to be able to exercise your feelings. Because at the same time, if, trust me, if this was the 90s, Nobody would be saying a damn thing. If they was winning double digits, nothing at all. But the fact that the Saints have won more games than any other team in the last four years, we can beat on our chest and we can say, man, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with that? What's happening with this? Why we can't win this? He gave you that feeling. So for that, he's already a made man. Like him or not, he's already a made man. He's already a made man as a coach, legendary coach, the greatest head coach in Saints history. And that's something you, you cannot deny. But like I said, some of you are probably in your 20s. Y'all don't remember that. And if you do remember, it's probably because somebody told you about it. Right? Now, that does not now I want people to understand this. This doesn't give this doesn't give the, the Saints any excuse. Because some of people, like some people, would be like, "Well, we won these many games back in the day, but look how much we winning now." Now, nah, bump that, man. This is a result driven, so I can understand that. I can understand people getting upset, but at the same time, you have to understand this: that feeling that you have is because of Sean Payton. Okay, now I, I'm not, I'm not an advocate for. Okay, we we had more success than we ever did because of him and. Oh, if he if he fall by the wayside, but the dude been winning. Okay, they they been winning. So it's hard for me to get up here and say, oh, we need to get rid of him when you're winning 13 games. Like, what the hell is this? Like, huh? Like, I can stand a five games, four games, but they went in 12 and 13 games a season. We spoiled, man. We spoiled. Your show tells the truth, my brother. Anthony, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, stopping by. Uh, June first, extensions will start coming down the pike. Monday, uh, Monday, uh, money will be freed up. Well, I hope so. But Peyton explained uh, which people understood. Then 
I don't understand what that meant. Who that for life? When Jameis goes 14 and three, he deserves to win comeback player of the year. Absolutely. He, he definitely does. A lot of top free agents are gone. Um, I guess so, but I mean, that's what coaching comes in. You can tell uh, all over AK-41 face he didn't want Hill to start at all. I, I just think that he just knew that it wasn't a, a good dynamic, but I don't know, man. I mean, maybe the man just – maybe the man was just upset they lost. Unless the Saints make some trades for players. I look, I don't – look, I don't agree with this, all right, because here's the thing. Back in 2017 – Somebody please tell me about the top free agents that came in and changed the landscape of the Saints. Somebody please tell me. Somebody please tell me this. Because the last time I checked, the Saints had Ryan Ramchek, who was a rookie. Marcus Williams, who was a rookie. Alvin Kamara, who was a rookie. Marshawn Lattimore, who was a rookie. Did I say Marcus Williams? If I didn't, Marcus Williams was a rookie. Trey Hendrickson was a rookie. Guess what, folks? That tells you right there that the front office of the New Orleans Saints put the Saints in that position to succeed. Michael Thomas was drafted by the New Orleans Saints. Brandon Cooks, who, you know what I'm saying, was drafted by the New Orleans Saints, even though he was gone at the time. I'm talking about Mark Ingram, who was drafted by the Saints. Cam Jordan, who was drafted by the Saints. Sheldon Rankins, who had his best season. As a New Orleans Saint, he was drafted by the New Orleans Saints. All these people that's up here going crazy and wild about free agents. What are you talking about? Why are we like, why are we pretending like over the last couple of years, the nucleus, the core of this team has not been draft picks? We fall in love with these free agent guys. Oh man, look, think about this, okay? Oh, we were so happy when Adrian Peterson came along. Somebody please tell me how many times Adrian Peterson even touched the ball when he first came into came to the Saints in 2017. Let's go back and think back a little further. Champ Bailey first came. Oh, Champ Bailey, man. Champ Bailey, Hall of Famer. Somebody please tell me how many games did Champ Bailey play? But we forget about this, okay? And we talk about, uh, okay, we talk about Jackrabbit, man. We losing Jackrabbit. But here's the thing, folks. Now, people laugh at this guy now and they roll their eyes, but 2017, Ken Crawley was pretty doggone good. He was an undrafted free agent, but they put him on the opposite side of Marshawn Lattimore, and that was a pretty formidable um, duo right there. So for all of us to be like, oh, 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 falling all over the place because we lose Emmanuel Sanders, who is very good in his own right, Janora Jenkins, who is very good in his own right, but at the same time, damn. They got some pretty good coaches on this squad. They got some pretty damn good coaches on this squad to develop guys like the Sheldon Rankins, who had a really good season back in 2018 before he tore his Achilles. Somebody like Trey Hendrickson, who is now making top dollar in Cincinnati. What are we talking about here? What are we talking about here? Why is it that one or two guys that we lose, all of a sudden this team is just going to fall by the wayside? I mean, Shai Tuttle was stepping up. David Ayamato, who developed as a really good interior lineman as of right now, making less money than he deserves. And then at the same time, you got Malcolm Roach, who played pretty doggone good in those last couple games when he played against Tampa. And, and, and you also have Carl Grandison, who every time he touches the field, always seems to make an impact. So what are we talking about here? We don't know what Pete Warner is going to do. All he did was just be a tackling machine at Ohio State. We don't know what Paulson Adebo is going to do. All he did was 
miss a couple games in the Pac-12, and that was the reason why we were able to get him in the third round. If he would have came out last year, he would have been a first-round draft pick. So what the hell are we doing here? Why are we losing our minds over stuff like this? That's all I'm saying. You lose a couple guys, you get other guys back. Last time I checked, Deontay Harris was a pretty good wide receiver. Y'all seen him in that Tampa Bay game. Y'all seen him against the Chicago Bears. Y'all seen him, you know what I'm saying, go out here and run, you know what I'm saying, as a, as a special teamer, right? Y'all seen what Mark Kras Callaway can do, you know what I'm saying? And this guy was a rookie, smart enough to find the soft spots in, those, in, in the zones in order to catch a pass. What do you think he's going to do in year two? You got all of this talent all around you, and y'all up here falling over all over the place for 12, 13-year guys. And no disrespect to Quan Alexander, who's really good, but a guy who has a history of being hurt. So what does that tell you right there? Oh, he'll come back, and yeah, he'll give you a few games only for him to possibly get hurt again. I'm knocking on wood because I don't want it to happen. But why are we falling all over the place when we lose a couple pieces? Do we not have confidence in the coaching staff? Do we not have confidence in the players that these this team has gotten? There's a reason why these guys are, are being celebrated as some of the best draft classes that the Saints have ever had. There's a reason why these guys hit the field and they make an immediate impact. It's because of the coaches that have developed these guys and, and, and the know-how and the knowledge and a want to to be great. So why are we falling all over the place for Janora Jenkins? To me, if, I don't know if you may, maybe you want to take a look, but Paulson Adebo is going to be a really good cornerback. You're doing yourself a disservice if you're not checking this kid out. Pete Warner, you're doing yourself a disservice if you just think that this guy's just going to be a glorified special teams player. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I would be, like, I'd be highly surprised. If this dude stay healthy, I'd be highly surprised if in a couple of years he don't have a C across his chest as a leader of this defense. You're doing yourself a disservice, folks. You need to stop listening to what these, these mainstream media people are telling you who are only getting that information fed in their ear and do yourself a favor and do some research on your own. You ain't even got to take my word for it. You ain't got to take my word for it. Go out here and find that information yourself. You're doing yourself a disservice if you're just sitting there saying, oh, huh, woe is me, because this is going to be a good football team. Mocha, thank you very much for the $5. Says TJ, that was a comment for the guy talking about extension players for my money, uh, for money, for more money, bro. Okay, Mocha, I appreciate that. Um, thank you very much for the $5. I understand, but it's, it's Mocha, it, it's not a day that don't go by that I don't see an inbox or email from people like nervous, shaking in their boots about this squad. Like, I, I'm like I said, just call me naive, but I just don't get it. I don't get it. I just, I just don't get it. I, I don't know who or, or what they listening to, but it, it just, man, it's it just not, I don't want to say it's not smart, but I mean, you're just doing yourself a disservice. That's, that's all I'm going to say. We will be all right. The team with great coaches don't suddenly have a huge drop off because one guy leaves. I agree, Bobby. Teacher says, right. Justice says, who that? And he says, Sean, turn our franchise around. I agree with that. 100% from me, Jameis Winston will be all right. 
Not just Jamin, Jerry. I think the whole entire squad will be all right. Uh, our depth still left us in a great place. All rookies, best draft class. Best draft class ever. I agree with that. Uh, Terry Fontenot is gone. Look, man, who cares? Like, I, look, I hate to say it like that, but, you know, no disrespect to Terry Fontenot. You know, I, I hope he has a lot of success. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, he was developed and trained by the guys that's in there, you know. And if, if you ever, you know, read that book with the 21 Laws of Power, <laughs> the student will never be greater than a master. I really don't feel I really feel that way because I feel like the student will never know as much as the master, you know. And no, I'm not. I know that sounds crazy, you know what I'm saying? But I, I, I look at it the same way. The, the student will never know more than the teacher. These guys developed him. And he went on to, you know, greener pastures, and I wish him the best. But at the same time, this is a good staff right here. This is a good staff. You know? And I, I know that's – I think uh, Cartier, I think he a Bucks fan. So, you know, anybody that just think this team going to fall off, you sadly mistaken. Uh, six and got mad. Let me see. Yep, top rated by points at uh, – at one point, let's see. For all the fans who want Coach Payton fired, Jerry Jones will scoop him up in a minute and probably win a Super Bowl with the Cowboys. Be careful what you act for. I'm riding with Payton. Uh, I, I don't think he'll ever go to the Cowboys because the way that Sean Payton is structured, uh, I, I can't see him and I can't see him and Jerry Jones uh, getting along. I just, I just don't. I, I can't see that. Maybe you can, but I can't. Um, I, I can't see these guys getting along. Uh, thank y'all so much for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, right now, uh, the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you uh, by Manscaped.com. You know, Father's Day is just around the corner, and you probably need a gift for your hairy dad. Make your dad proud this year and give him and yourself a gift from Manscaped. The Lawnmower 4.0, you heard that right. The Lawnmower 4.0 is available right now. And all you have to do is use the promo code State of Saints. That's all one word, State of Saints in lowercase letter. You'll save 20% off on the Lawnmower 4.0 as well as other Manscaped items. So head over to manscaped.com for Father's Day and also for yourself. Use the promo code State of Saints and you'll save 20% off. Now let's get back to the comments. I was asking what you tried to do with that money. Oh, um, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure they're probably about to get somebody. I'm pretty sure they're about to get somebody at, at the cornerback position. Uh, feel like I'm in church. I keep hollering, amen. <laughs> Sean Payton had us with winning seasons when we lost players due to free agency and injuries. Dude is a great coach. I can't believe I can't like honestly, Slim South. I can't believe that you even have to make a comment about that. That's pretty obvious. It, it's amazing to me. How many people just, you know, I, I get it, right? Drew Brees is a great quarterback. He is an all-time great open and shut case, Watson. But at the same time, Sean Payton is a really good coach. And it's like people don't even want to give this man no type of credit for being a good coach. It's like they just are completely oblivious to what happened over the last couple of years and, and, and not watching these other quarterbacks. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is a really good coach, man. Really good coach, really good coaching staff. Quine Alexander is Anthony Davis' hurt twin. 
God bless both to heal, but it's okay if AD heal and takes a few more weeks. Oh, man. <laughs> you terrible. Yeah, man. But look, I, I like Quan Alexander a lot. I like him a lot, but he, he does have a history of being hurt. We are a good football team. I agree. Reggie says Saints had depth. The cupboards are not there. Man, they got a lot of young talent on this team, man. A lot of young talent. The media be like, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Did you see that check down by Brady? <laughs> oh, man. They love him, man. But look, he, he deserves it. Like, he, he deserves it, man. Seven Super Bowl championships. Like, you can't argue with that. I can understand that. And also, man, y'all don't understand, man. It, it's about ratings at the end of the day, right? What are the topics that people want to hear about? He's one of them. That's what they're going to talk about. Jameis Winston has proved uh, me wrong. First losing Breeze is tough. Uh, Lost Saints haven't made playoffs without Breeze since 2000. Man, that is absolutely not fair, though. Because <laughs> Drew Breeze only missed like a handful of games since he's been there, you know. And, uh, you know, they just had some down seasons, man. You know, Jim Haslett was the coach at the time, you know. like, And then they got Sean Payton, and that's when you start to see the team getting some level of legitimacy. So. You know, we, we got to see what they can do with Sean. I, I trust them. This might be one of the best teams that the Saints ever had. Yeah, I agree. Look, sometimes, man, you know, sometimes it, it takes a little bit of a change in order for you to get over that hump. You know, I'm not, comp- I, I'm not comparing, and I think I said this on the last show, I'm not comparing Drew Brees to this quarterback, but I look at Alex Smith. I look at Alex Smith. Alex Smith was not a bad quarterback, man. Forget what anybody's saying. Alex Smith was not a bad quarterback. You have seven offensive coordinators in seven years. Of course, you know what I'm saying? You, you're going to have some up and downs. All right. This guy never had the same offensive coordinator when he was with the 49ers. He ends up going to the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs were winning double digit games. That's fine. But it came a time where, you know, Alex Smith in playoff time had to play a little bit more lights out than he did, and he couldn't. You know, it doesn't make him a bad quarterback. just means that he took this team as far as he can get them. Thus, Andy Reid drafted Patrick Mahomes, and the rest is history. You know, like Patrick Mahomes, back-to-back Super Bowls, even though they lost last year, still back-to-back Super Bowls. You know, three-time AFC AFC championship appearances, three straight. Like, sometimes you need that extra person to get you over the hump. And, And I'm saying that to say this. Drew Brees is a really good quarterback. Drew Brees got the Saints double-digit wins. But it comes a time where you probably need to go that extra mile, do that extra thing, and Drew Brees just wasn't able to deliver like that. And maybe you need some younger younger talent to be able to, you know, I don't know, if a play breaks down, to scramble for about 10 or 15 yards, to be able to, you know, be able to throw the ball on the run. You know what I'm saying? You there's little things that may have been missing. There's a couple plays that could have went the Saints way. If I don't know if Drew Brees decided to run one day, or maybe he decided to roll out and you know what I'm saying, throw the ball down the field. I don't know. So that could be the deciding factor of getting the Saints over the hump. And don't and miss me with that stuff about oh, you got to be lights out elite. Cause somebody please tell me this. Was Rex Grossman an elite quarterback when they went to the Super Bowl with the Chicago Bears? No, he was not. Somebody tell me if Jared Goff was an elite lights-out quarterback when he went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. No, he was not. 
Because if he was, then he wouldn't be playing for Detroit right now as we speak. Was Jimmy Garoppolo a lights-out quarterback? No, he was not. But the 49ers still found a way to go to the Super Bowl. So for all my people out here that, once again, allowing people to say quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Quarterback is important, but you also need a defense and a running game. And you also got to be able to make plays when it matters, right? So at the end of the day, y'all, you cannot tell me that Jimmy Garoppolo can make it to the Super Bowl and the Saints can't do it with Jameis Winston. You can't tell me that Jared Goff can make his way to the Super Bowl, but the New Orleans Saints can't. But Jameis Winston can't. Yeah, he, nah, bro. Nah, 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 Heck nah. Heck nah, heck nah, heck nah. Hell no. The no, no, no. Hell no. Don't believe him. I don't believe him. Alpha Sports says, I think uh, not enough people know much about the game and especially Sean Payton. He does not do what other coaches uh, do. Uh, not having visual access to the team is what have them worried. You know, look, I, I just feel like Sean Payton, what, what makes him what makes him better than all the rest, what makes him different from the rest is, you know, he has an ego, but there are moments where he can put his ego in check when it comes to understanding that, man, this thing ain't working. This ain't working for me. You know, you know like we got to figure out something. Uh, we had um, Jim Trotter on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he talked about how the Saints, uh, I think he said they, they were playing, a, I know they were playing a Cowboy. I think he said Seattle, but if it was the Superdome, I assume he was talking about uh, the Cowboys game. He is saying that he was uh, in the Superdome and the Saints just beat the Cowboys. And he seen Sean Payton offer to the side, like kind of like ho-hum. And he went over to him and he asked him a question. And he said, you know, you know, what's wrong? I mean, you just won the game. He said, I didn't put Teddy in a position to succeed. You know, at this time, this was Teddy actually starting. Drew Brees was hurt. He said, I didn't put Teddy in the right position. He said, I got to change some things around to make it a more of a Teddy-friendly type offense. And that's when you start to see Teddy Bridgewater doing some things that he does best. And they start to, you know, get on that roll and start to see him opening up the playbook. That is one thing that Sean Payton does better than some of these other coaches. He's willing to say, man, this is not working. I'm going to find something that works. That is the reason why you look at guys like, you know, Deverin Henderson, uh, Robert Meacham, uh, Deontay Harris most recently. Guys that can stretch the field, he puts them in a position to work towards their strengths. And, you know, he doesn't really ask these guys to do something that makes them feel uncomfortable. That's what makes him better than than the rest. Because you got coaches, man, they, they already believe that their system works. They feel like, you know, what they're trying to call works. They feel like whatever they feel, you know what I'm saying, is, is, is going to make the team win. Look, quarterback, do what I say. You know, go out there and play, yada, yada, yada. If it don't work, then it's your fault, not mine. Sean Payton doesn't work like that. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's one of the best in the league and why guys respect him, of course. I didn't like uh, this draft class uh, the first couple of days, but I am uh, starting to love it now. Pete Warner is exciting me and a hard hitter. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we don't know, John, until we actually see these guys hit the field, okay? We can't, like, you know, yeah, we, we wanted other guys, right? We felt like they needed to go corner. Me. You know, what I'm, I'm not going to say y'all. I'm going to say me. I'm going to put the blame on me because if you watch that 
uh, draft uh, show, you know that I was a little bit frustrated that they went with Peyton Turner instead of getting a cornerback. But at the end of the day, what gives me a, a level of uh, calm is the fact that I know that the Saints have been doing really well when it comes to draft picks over the last couple of years. So they know the team better than me. They know what they need better than me. So why argue with that? Now, if it doesn't pan out, then I can say, yeah, you know, I don't think it's going in the right direction. We'll see. Dalton says, and to be honest, uh, won't see a defense do good. Just need to stop getting penalty flags. I agree. Uh, but who, who knows, man? Uh, Chris Richard is a really good secondary coach. We've seen what he did with the Cowboys. We've seen what he did with the Seahawks. So hopefully he'll be able to help these guys with, with better technique so they won't be uh, they won't garner so many flags. Pammy says, I honestly think people are comparing our situation to New England. Yeah, absolutely. But but the difference is to me, you know, New England, they lost about eight starters, right? Guys set out due to COVID. Uh, you also had uh, Bill Belichick, in my opinion. Uh, I, I mean, he'll never say it, but I just feel like he kind of phoned it in. You know, I don't think he did everything he could to try to put the best pieces in place because maybe he just thought, okay, you know, let's try to see if we can actually be formidable, but at the same time, maybe get better draft position. I mean, they got the quarterback. They feel like it's going to be their future in Mac Jones. So uh, he did, he really didn't do everything he could to try to make sure his team was formidable this season. He he, he didn't. You know, not like how he did this year. Now, he up, man, he opened up the checkbook. He getting everybody out there. I think he would, if I'm not mistaken, he got John U. Smith and Hunter Henry, you know, and getting all kind of guys up in that thing, man. He opened up that checkbook this year. You know, he didn't do that last year. So I think it's different. Sean Payton, Sean Payton don't care who it is. He don't care who his quarterback is. He don't care what his situation is. He wants to win. And I can respect that. I can respect that, folks. Alex Smith was great, but uh, he played with half a uh, foot little egg. Uh, Rams, I, I wasn't referring to like the, the catastrophic, uh, accident, the, the, the tragedy, you know, that happened in Washington. I'm, I'm referring before that even happened when he was out there in Kansas city, that that's what I'm referring to. Um, you know, I just felt like he was a good, good, but not great. Uh, you know, and, and you need to be great in the playoffs because everybody gains step up. And if, if you're right here and you have no extra gear, like where can you go? Where can you go? And we have to thank uh, that bounty scandal hurt us for a couple of years. Yeah, it did. It, it did. Look, you can't be drafting in the first round and expect for you to be able to do something with your team. And, you know, I mean, look, Brian, look, I'm not going to just completely blame the bounty scandal. I'm not. I'm not, folks. I am not going to completely blame the bounty scandal because that I can feel. I feel that that was a little bit of Sean Payton's fault because Sean Payton didn't want to have that conversation with his friends. Um, the guys that he was holding on to the Joe Vitz and, and you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, the, the Johnson, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I can't think of his first name, but they end up going to the Rams, Bill Johnson, you know what I'm saying? All those different guys, you know, he held on to those guys too long. And I get it, right? These are your homeboys. You grew up together. You know what I'm saying? They they found job opportunities. They re, they referred you. And you know what I'm saying? You got opportunity. You referred them. Look, I get it, right? I got best friends. Right? And it's hard to have that conversation with your best friends, right? When your best friend is lacking or y'all going to like a business or a partnership together or doing something, it's hard to have those conversations with your friends. And I feel like Sean Payton 
kind of held on a little bit too long. You know what I'm saying? I just felt like he didn't do what was in the best interest of the team. And it wasn't until like people just really started to like be like, man, oh, man, maybe he uh, you know, maybe this is it for us. Maybe this is as far as we're gonna go. That's when you started to see change. That's when you start to see the Aaron Glens and the Mike Nolans. You know, that's when you start seeing guys like that come in. But I just feel like the combination of the bonus, the bounty scandal, and just holding on to those guys that just wasn't uh, beneficial to the team. And they basically just reached a, you know, reached their limits. Um, I think that's kind of set the team back as well. It would be nice if Jameis was to go out there and put up some big time stats and lead us to a Super Bowl title. Yeah. Yeah. Bishop Bullwinkle says it all. <laughs> Alpha, you took the words right out of my mouth. Trent Delpha. Yeah, another one. Trent Delpha. Good one. What up, y'all? Just know it's a lot of teams wishing they had a, a showing as a coach. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the guy you said went to the Super Bowl loss and was outplayed by the other quarterback, but uh, the quarterback. So I feel like you got to be elite. Um, but you still got there. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you still got there. You know, like Trent Dilfer wasn't elite, right? He won the Super Bowl. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think about some other guys. You know, if we want to go back a little further, Doug Williams wasn't elite. He won a Super Bowl. Uh, Jeff Hotsteller wasn't elite, and he won a Super Bowl. I mean, there, there's there's exceptions to the rule, man. You know, there's, there's, there are exceptions. Uh, Joe Flacco wasn't elite, and he won a Super Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger, at that particular time, he was young. He won a Super Bowl. So there, there are exceptions to the rule, man. There are exceptions to the rule, like – you don't have to just be super elite because if, if you think, okay, even look, <laughs> this might be an argument. Eli Manning. Eli Manning is not an elite quarterback. Good, above average, but he won two Super Bowls. Come on now. Russell Wilson at the time, you know, like he won a Super Bowl. Don't, don't tell me, oh, Russell Wilson, like, no, 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 no. Was Russell Wilson better than Peyton Manning? No, he was not. That defense was lights out. Now, I ain't talking. I'm not talking about Russell Wilson now. I'm talking about Russell Wilson back then. The same Russell Wilson when the when the Seahawks won went back to back Super Bowls. That man threw like four interceptions in an NFC Championship game. So we tend to forget these things, folks. We tend to forget these things. Like, come on, man. Like, you don't have Brad Johnson. Yeah, thank you. I mean, man. Yeah, you don't have to be elite because look who look who you looking at, right? Look who you looking at. Who 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 dominated like the last couple of years, like the last twenty years of going to the Super Bowl? Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger. You know what I'm saying? Those three guys. You know you can throw Eli Manning up in that thing. So four guys over the last twenty years basically dominated the Super Bowl scenes. How many teams do they have in the National Football League? 32. So you don't have to be elite, man. You don't have to be elite. You need a you need a running game, you need a good defense, and you need a quarterback that can get the job done. So yeah, if you're looking at every Peyton Manning, every Tom Brady, Eli Manning in, in playoff situations, yeah. But those have been the guys that have been dominating the Super Bowl scene over the last 20 years.
So to me, I don't think that you need to be elite. I don't feel like you need to be, uh, you know, a Peyton man and a Tom Brady in order to get over that hump. Warner might turn out to be a good player. I agree. Anthony says, even though I know we will be all right, I'm really going to miss Trey Hendrickson. Yeah, me too. But he played his way out of New Orleans. When the last time we talked about Lil Jordan Humphreys, do you think uh, there's a good chance he can show his true wide receiver skills this season? Well, casual is put up a shut up time, you know, for uh, for Lil Jordan Humphreys. And look, you've been in this system for three years now. So we'll see. You know, let's let's see if they'll put him in a position to be able to make some plays. But he got to stand out, man. Three years, you should know the system. You should know the offense. And, uh, you know, we got to see more out of you than, than you know, above average blocking. Uh, I don't think Sean Payton has a chip. I think he is confident in his system and his players. Uh, he puts players in positions to be successful. I agree. I agree. You know, go back to what I was saying. I mean, he he's not afraid to rip it up and say, man, this ain't working. That I respect about Sean. Ryan says, I still can't believe they didn't run the ball of Marshawn Lynch would have uh, stumbled five yards. And then on top of that, I think he gained like 12 or 13 yards before that interception even happened, if I'm not mistaken. So that was just ridiculous. Uh, four guys with awesome defenses behind them. Doug Williams. Uh, sub Jared Poor Jr. Uh, tight lid, big dog. I, I appreciate that, man. Hey, and uh, back to uh, what Tro just said. Uh, are you telling me that the Saints don't have a defense, a, a good enough defense to win a Super Bowl? I believe that. Like, I, I really believe that. Look, man, we look at the divisional round of the playoffs. Like, we look at that, we look at that playoff game, but think about this, man. The average field position of the Bucks was at the 41-yard line. So that just means that they need to gain about 15 or 20 yards, and that's a that's easy three points. So all those turnovers were putting the Saints behind the eight ball. And that'd be hard for any defense for, for offense to be starting in that type of field position. To me, do I feel like the Saints had a, a good enough uh team to to win a Super Bowl with that defense over the last couple of years? Yes, absolutely. I definitely do. Like we man, like man, I know they start off a little rough, but like down the stretch, man, that's when they start emerging. They start becoming top ten, top five defenses in certain statistical categories. So I do feel like they had a defense. You know, I, I do feel like they they had a defense to win. Even Irvin Meyer trying to copy what we do in New Orleans with his offense with Tebow. No said. Warner is a monster. You went to war with Chase Young uh, has a stepper. Yeah. I mean, that, that dude is good, man. And plus he a leader. And that's what the Saints look for. They look for good, smart guys that are leaders. Paulson Adebo is going to do good this year. I, I believe in this guy. I, I like his confidence. I like the way he plays the ball. Uh, I like his instincts. I like his eye discipline. He's going to be good. We really should make uh, a Super Bowl but we were robbed. I mean, that's 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 the understatement of the decade right there. But what can you do? I believe we got the defense for sure. When we won, we had a defense that kept giving the offense the ball. Yeah. And at that time, you know, that, that's the thing, Tro. 
at that time, Drew Brees can capitalize on that. He still had that arm strength. He had that ability to get the ball down the field. He was able to have those explosive plays. You know, I just feel like they were able to get Drew Brees the ball, but they weren't able to get the ball where it needed to be. It was always a field goal. Like, come on, man. Like, that field position that, that, that Deontay Harris gave the Saints on those first two opening drives in the first quarter, there's no way in the world the score should have been like 14 to nothing at that time. Now, instead of like six to nothing, when you start like giving up instead, like you, you, when you get great field position like that, then all of a sudden, like you just getting field goals, like you, you still giving that defense hope. You still giving that team hope. So 14 points instead of, instead of six points, you know, like that, that kind of stuff right there, man, like that, that can change the trajectory of the game. The defense played damn good in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Black and Gold Breakdown Podcast. What's going on, Aaron? Uh, Brian says, uh, I'm glad Alex Azzalone is gone. Aki says, preach, my boy. We underachieving uh, by not getting uh, a chip over these last four years. Yeah, I mean, you can say that they they underachieved. You know what I'm saying? You can say they underachieved, but, I mean, there, there's room for growth. There's room for growth. And two of those, you know, I want, well, I say one, that, that 2017 Minneapolis miracle, that was, I mean, that was just my goodness. But that, the NFC championship game, I can say at least one. I don't know, you know, if they would have beat the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know. Philadelphia was pretty doggone good that season. And it was pretty deep. Our defense was ranked 12th in the league when we won the Super Bowl. Adebo is legit. Paul honestly fought the town, caught up with Breeze, but Sean Payton is loyal. Uh, now he's about to open up the playbook with a new quarterback. I think you're gonna see. Uh, I think you're gonna see a lot of good, uh, a lot of trick plays, a lot of plays that are gonna, you know, involve like explosive uh, down the field throws. I think you're gonna see that. Uh, they were dominating the Bucks. The Saints' offense was too sluggish. Started turning the ball over. Drew played one of the worst games of his career. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a game uh, Drew Brees played that bad since I think that Thursday night game when he threw uh, five interceptions to the Falcons. I got to go back to that. That was, I don't know what was going on with Drew. Well, I know what was going on with him, but that's a, that's another story for another day. The Saints will be a lot better uh, than we think. Why? Uh, because this year the run game will change the whole game. I hope so. But we all know that Sean Payton like to throw that thing. <laughs> he like to throw that rock, man. Johnny says, that's what I was telling people. Deontay Harris got us in the red zone. They missed Taysom Hill. Yep. Yep. Taysom Hill was an X factor in it. I feel like you would at least, it would have been at least 10 nothing instead of 6 nothing. They would have at least gotten that, that end zone at least once out of those two. It's June 1st. We should be getting news. It'll probably be coming up soon. We would have ran Philadelphia out the build. I, I don't I don't believe it. I don't believe it, man. That was a, they were a good football team. I think now would they have blown us out like they did Minnesota? No. No, I don't believe that. Uh, but to say that I just absolutely believe that they would have beat Philadelphia, nah, I don't believe that. It would have been a tough game. Could have went anyway, but for me to say, oh, man, they would have went to this, I can't say that. What up, TJ? Just waking up from working that graveyard shift. 
that's why I'm late, but I'm here. Damien, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I hope Rashard can help Crawley, but 2017 was a minute ago and Crawley hasn't been it. Uh, still think a vet cornerback is needed. Well, we haven't seen much of Ken Crawley since 2017. We've seen him in 2018, and then all of a sudden, he ain't going to never get no better than what we've seen in 2018 because for some apparent reason, and I'm not just I'm not talking about you, Rose City, but for some apparent reason, if a guy is, you know, known for – you know, not tackling well, he's going to forever not be a good tackler. If a guy is known for having bad technique, he's going to forever be known as a guy that can't change his technique or can't grow, can't develop. And, you know, I just think that we need to go into situations year by year, give guys the benefit of the doubt of growing and developing as players. Maybe the position that they were in wasn't beneficial to them. You know, like we, we got to be able to give guys opportunities. And, you know, I've seen Ken Crawley play last season. I mean, he got, you know, he was out there playing. I want to say he played most of the second half against the Carolina Panthers. Now you can say, oh, man, the Panthers, they they were on Cancun on three. But he still was out there, man. He had an interception and, uh, you know, he had a couple of pass deflections. So take it with a grain of salt. I'm not saying that Ken Crawley can't, you know, is going to start or anything like that, but. I mean, I, I feel like guys can change the way that we think about them. I, I mean, I have to. I mean, you have to. <laughs> because people are skeptical about both of the quarterbacks that's most likely going to be the starter of the New Orleans Saints. So we have to believe that these guys can change the narrative. We got to believe that Jameis can play better than he did in Tampa his last season. We got to believe that Taysom can can emerge and become better as, as a quarterback. We got to. So I can't say on one hand that I, I got to have confidence in that regard and just completely write off a guy like Ken Crawley on the other hand. You know, I, I just can't. I mean, I, I, just, I just can't do it. Like, I, I feel like guys can get better. I feel like changing the situation that they're in can make them look better. I mean, you look at P.J. Williams on the outside is a train wreck. But on the inside, playing in the nickel or playing at the safety, he plays really good. So – I'm not going to completely write him off. I'm not going to completely say that. I mean, he's just a hopeless case. And I don't think he is he going to start. No, I mean, well, well, at best, he might end up being on special teams. I mean, you lose Justin Hardy. You got a guy that's familiar with special teams like Ken Crawley. I mean, I don't look at Ken Crawley as like he about to come in and be on the other side of Marshawn Lattimore. I don't. I don't believe that. So, I'm not going to look at. You know, Ken Crawley, like he's going to be the guy to change uh, the way I think about Saints football, or he's just going to change the dynamic or, of the Saints defense. I don't look at Ken Crawley like that. I like him. You know what I'm saying? I hope that he, he develops as a player. But I'll be lying to you if I say that, you know, he's going to be a difference maker in that regard. I don't even think the Saints coaching staff are looking at him like that. If he comes out there and he just shocks the world, then they'll be like, whoa, man, Crawley looks really good. But I don't think they're going into the season like, okay, Marshawn, Crawley, no. Uh -uh. I guess uh, change narrative with PJ uh, playing uh, <laughs> boundary corner. Uh, look, I just think that him on the inside, I think that's, that is, um, you know, that, that's just a recipe for disaster, you know, him playing on the outside. You know, I mean, him playing on the outside is just, whoo, that's a train wreck. Him on the inside – he's an above average tackle he's probably one of the best tacklers in the secondary 
So having him as a safety or uh, in a nickel it is beneficial to him. And he says, where can I get a SOTS hat? Uh, I'm going to have some hats coming out real soon, man. I'm going to have some hats coming out real soon. Uh, be on the lookout for it. They're definitely going to be coming uh, before the start of the season. Damien says, hey, TJ, uh, which position is more important to add more depth, wide receiver, cornerback, linebacker? I think all. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you can never have too many uh, linebackers or corners because corners and linebackers are positions that you're more than likely to see some injuries. So the better depth that you have at the linebacker position, the better. Uh, cornerback as well. Um, wide receivers, I think the Saints will be fine. I just think that we won an embarrassment of riches when it comes to that. But I need to see what some of these young guys have. You, you, We might be complaining and, and falling all over the place for guys that we probably have to get the job done. So we got to be careful. Kaz, uh, thank you very much for being a supporter. Says, if Crawley even makes the roster – uh, just a camp body signing to compete. Uh, look, I know I, I think he's gonna make the roster because he played on special teams, and he and even when he wasn't starting, he was playing on special teams. And when you lose a special teams ace like Justin Hardy, you want to replace him with somebody that understands and, and has that chemistry with the rest of the special teams players. So that's the way I look at it. TJ, what are you hearing out of Nolan in regards to players uh, progressing and position battles? Uh, man, it's been pretty much quiet right now, man. Nobody really uh, been going out here doing any interviews. Uh, nobody has really been covering the team as much as for the exception of some of the things that, you know, have been coming out. Just kind of light stuff. Probably you'll start like hearing different information come out like around close to training camp time. And definitely, you know, late late June, you'll be able to hear a little bit more stories. And uh, I have that information for you. And also, if I don't have the information, y'all know I'll bring individuals that are close to the team on the show where they can talk to you all and give you all more information. Cause you look, I don't look, I don't even try to make myself to be an insider king or thing. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not an insider. I'm not one of those inside guys that, you know, I feel like you're, you're playing a very, very tough game. If you want to you know, consider yourself an insider, cause um, one bad report, then somebody be like, man, I thought you like, you lose your credibility. So, that's why I like to get those guys that's close to the team and talk to guys and get information to come on the show. You know, I'm just a guy. If I hear something, I bring it to you all. Uh, but besides that, like I, I don't even try to make myself no insider. I don't even want to. I don't even want to play that game. <laughs> TJ, can you get Larry Holder on the show? I mean, I can ask him and he's been on here before. Uh, I've, I've had uh, Larry Holder on the show before, so. Maybe it'll be nice enough to come back again. But that was like earlier. Like that was like like August of last year. So I can see. I don't see no reason why, you, you know, I couldn't get Mr. Holder to be on the show. To me, uh, TJ, uh, Sean has a lot to prove because the old that old Super Bowl is looking like a flash in the pan based on the way the last 10 years have went. I don't want to say it was a flash in the pan to me, King Arthur. Um, I, I just feel like um, – when you win something like that, uh, the fan base just becomes more and more, <laughs> I won't say, I guess I can say more and more spoiled. And when you get prosperity, you want it back. When, you, when you're on top, you just want that feeling over and over again. And the, the bar is so high because you actually won that. So you know it's attainable. 
if they didn't never win a Super Bowl and they were just winning games, then, you know, we would probably be upset more. But the bar has never been set that high. So we we only we go into every season comparing ourselves to that moment that we felt right there. So he's he's the most successful head coach the Saints have ever had. But we are a fan base that want that same feeling. And, and it makes us upset, especially when we see our rival in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or one of our rivals actually hoist that Lombardi trophy when we've had way more successful seasons than they've had. And all of a sudden they get one quarterback and he just helps them put everything together. You know, like it, it does frustrate you. But, you know, I, I don't look I don't look at Sean Payton like, oh, if he don't get this done this season, oh, he's going to get fired or he's out of here, you know. I mean, but he, I mean, every season, every season, you, you want to go up in there saying that you're going to win. TJ, what's the latest on Latavius Murray? Uh, he's still with the team, and most likely he's still going to be with the team. That's just, I mean, that's just the way I feel. Peace and love, who that family? What's going on, who that king? Damien says a lot of people underestimate punters, but more still will be more, uh, be, will be missed. Uh, don't know uh, much about the new guy, uh, and hopefully Lutz brings his A game. Well, I'll tell you this, man, um, this this new guy, he has, you know, Gilligan. Uh, I don't see Sean getting rid of Thomas Morstead if he didn't believe in this guy. Right. I mean, we looked at Garrett Hartley, who kicked the Saints into the Super Bowl, kept the Saints in the Super Bowl. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, what I'm saying, Will, let's come through the spot. And, you know, he had a little bit of a, a you know, a little bit of downward spiral towards the end of the season. But for the most part. I mean, Will Lutz don't make you miss Garrett Hartley that much, does he? Um, Wrinkle says uh, the Saints uh, still got playmakers and Sean Payton um, already have proved they can win without Breeze. I agree with that. And uh, finally, we'll just end it with Randall. Randall says with tight end, with tight ends coach gone and new players in that position, uh, do you think uh, Saints will improve without Cook and uh, Hill? Um Look, Dan Campbell uh, was a really good assistant coach and tight ends coach. Uh, I'm not going to take that away from him, but that's what happens when you uh, generate success. uh, When you see these guys out here performing well, uh, organizations start to look at what's the recipe. Like, what? why is your organization playing so well? So, yes, he is going to be missed, but I I have confidence in Sean Payton that he's going to replace them with quality guys that can get the best out of these guys. So I'm not mad at that. Happy for Dan Campbell. Happy for the fact that he's getting an opportunity to coach out there in Detroit. Happy for Aaron Glenn. Uh, But I'm confident that the Saints are going to uh, be pretty good at the tight end position. I got got confidence in Nick Vernett, and I also have uh, confidence in Adam Troutman and all the other tight ends that are coming along. I'm a, I'll finish it with Keen Arthur. Keen Arthur says, TJ, I'm sorry I missed the other show about Zach Bourne. Do you think he takes a step forward? Well, I mean, can't be no worse than what he did last season. I mean, I, I, I hate to say it, but we didn't really see that much of him. So anything that we see more of would be an <laughs> would be some progress, right? So I, I think that he can do it, man. I think what the Saints went wrong was they, they tried to turn him into a stand-up linebacker, and that's not what – that's not where his bread was buttered. Not at Wisconsin. He put his hand on the ground. He rushed the quarterback. So if the Saints can try to, you know, get him, a guy, you know, turn him into like a little bit of a pass rush, 
more of a, a you know, you know, of a, one of those uh, linebackers, you know, that 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 rushed the um, like a Von Miller. I, I, name was slipping me. Like somebody like Von Miller or something. I ain't saying he's gonna be on the level of a Von Miller, but a guy that can rush the quarterback. You know, like a Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett is a linebacker, but he, you know, he can rush the quarterback. If they can get him some, if they can get him to be something like that, then I think he'll be fine. I think, I think um, every Saints fan would be okay if Zach Barn was sacking a quarterback instead of tackling. If he was doing that really well, if he was sacking quarterbacks and he wasn't really tackling, you know, all over the place, I think people will be able to, you know, be okay with that. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you all so much. I really do appreciate it. State of the Saints podcast brought to you by Manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints. That's all one word, State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of your purchase. Okay, go to Manscaped.com for all of your male grooming needs. Uh, The Lawnmower 4.0 is available right now. No matter if you spend $100 or $10, use that promo code, all lowercase letters, State of Saints, all one word, and you'll save 20% off. Also, previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. And also check out Facebook.com, search The State of the Saints podcast, and go ahead and hit that thumbs up on your way out. Let everybody know you enjoyed the podcast. Subscribe to the channel if you have not already. I would really appreciate that as well. Thank you all so much. This has been The State of the Saints podcast, and all I got to say is, who that?